What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Film Photography Podcast Analog Talk. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today our special guest is Nick Mayo, and we are going to be talking about printing and zines and probably some YouTube stuff. So yeah, let's get this going. So, Nick, I'm in the middle of my very first zine, so I was hoping I could pick your brain. Timothy gave me some good pointers about, like, first selecting Mm -hmm. just a bunch, and then, like, he suggested, or actually, uh, our last guest, Nate, suggested taping them to the wall, which I've done. My my kitchen is, like, covered in a bunch of four by six prints. (laughs) Um, So, I kind of just wanted to know, like, what is your process like for, like, starting starting the process of like picking the images and narrowing things down and I guess kind of the step-by-step process of how uh, you begin and complete a zine. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess before I get to the point where I'm like picking images for a zine, I I generally come up with a topic for what the zine is going to be, whether it be location-based, whether it be this one that I'm actually like absolutely knee deep in is specifically based off of one camera it's actually my iphone so it's actually all the images that i've taken <gasps> on my oh, iphone nice, nice. Cool. yeah yeah which throws it off because all the stuff that i normally share is uh is my film stuff so this will be a fun one to put out there because some of these images haven't really seen the light of day so specifically with this one i, I choose you know what format i shot it on iphone and then that kind of narrows down that pool that i get to choose from because uh, i think you know chris if you're to go to all of your images that you've ever taken and say okay so i want to make a zine yeah. where do i start that's where right i think a lot of people end up kind of walking away from the idea because it's so overwhelming and it's there's so much to to choose from so i give myself a, a set of parameters and then i choose everything that that falls within those parameters that i might possibly want to end up in the zine and uh what i do specifically is i lay those out i just open up ipages on my mac and I just put four to a page. It doesn't matter the exact size. Oh. It doesn't need to be perfect. And I just fill up as many pages on iPages as possible, print all those out, and then cut them out. And personally, I love going to coffee shops and putting on my headbuds and just getting into the zone in a coffee shop. Much of my personal work is done in a coffee shop, too. So uh, I just love that whole vibe. And yeah, I just spread them out on too. the table. In kind of a haphazard way, I'll combine four or five <laughs> different tables and <laughs> people kind yes. of watch over my shoulder and kind of, what's this guy working on? I kind of look like a mad scientist a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, paper starts getting creased and folded and it, it's just a, a fun process that way. But the initial process at least starts after 
coming up with that refined idea yeah. um, starts in the coffee shop with just these crappy pieces of paper all folded up in, in what will eventually become each of the spreads. Does that make sense? Yeah, for me, what was so daunting about it, and like we had talked about it on the show, and just Timothy was, you know, you got to put a zine, we got to, you know, everybody was kind of like, why haven't you done one yet? And it was that reason I couldn't narrow it down. I was like, my work, you know, it's just, I just, I don't know. It's like, whatever I see, I shoot around. And then once I decided I wanted to do it just on Los Angeles, I was able to, you know, zone in on mm. all the, that stuff. Um, sure. But I think it's funny that the beginning process is like the tangible. You know, like print out mm-hmm. the four by sixes sure. and, you know, spread them out on the table. Timothy, you said, to, you know, get eight by, eight by 11 pieces of paper and like stick them all together. I think that's funny that we all have like that, ta- like still that the beginning yeah, is like yeah. the tangible print thing. Sure. Um, so that's cool. Timothy, what's your process like? Like you said, I always take just like eight, eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper and kind of make like a little booklet after I kind of do what Nick said, you know, I'll make you know, some crappy prints or if I'm feeling, you know, like I have a couple extra bucks, I'll go to Walgreens or Walmart or CVS or something like that mm-hmm. and get four by sixes printed just so it's a little nicer quality. But yeah, I usually just tape them in into a book. Well, first, mm. like I said to you, Chris, I was like, group them, yeah. you know, group them in, put twos together or put like sets together. That's usually what I'll do. I'll sit there until I figure out like, what looks good to you know this per- this picture works with this picture but then these these four pictures work together as a group you know and then yeah. you can kind of just weave it into this little story through it so it's not so random you know it, it's so much better when you just kind of figure it out you know yeah. put a little story together like a narrative of the whole thing i feel like it makes it a lot easier too if you do that like if you're just the first book i did i just kind of randomly threw stuff together and and you can tell it's like, this doesn't work with that. Like, oh, I really? wish I would have done this, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, that, that was a huge learning process for me. Like, I, sure. I learned a lot. And and again, like, even, what did you say? You How many pictures did you say you printed out, Chris? Like, like a 100, hundred, 150, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And now you have those. <laughs> and I'm sure you, you see another story and all the pictures that you didn't use. Like, I'm sure your brain is just cruising right now yeah. on things that you want to do with all this. Like, it's kind of got a snowball effect to it. It, I, I know, like, when I am just like, okay, so this body of work is for this project, I always find another project in that body of work, somehow, some That's way. Cool. Or even if it's just like a picture I haven't really, really seen before. You know, we have a lot of throwaways, but you go back to them and you see stuff that you didn't really notice that was there before. Like, it's just, you get to see your work in a different light, you know, and it's it's just mm-hmm. a lot better that way. And plus, I love that, Nick, you you leave your environment, like, you leave your home yeah. to do that because, sure. you know, nobody gets anything done at home. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where I find that I have to create space for it to happen, you know, and, yeah. and by mm-hmm. going to a coffee shop. And, and I, I have a series of coffee shops that, you know, I frequent on a regular basis, and I know that if I go in there, I'm going to run into people that, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of skip to the other side of town and I go to ones that I'm a little more obscure at and uh, uh, hopefully won't run into too many people that I know because I want to kind of be untouched in this this process. And another thing I'll, I'll say is when I go through, you know, especially, you know, Chris, if you're starting with 150 photos or uh, one thing that I <laughs> one thing that I give myself is is a question that I want to answer or at least a question that I want to leave people with, with my project. And what that does is, uh, you start trying to answer the question with the photos and you start realizing which photos, because just because a a photo is a powerful photo does not mean that it's supposed to be in that zine. Right. Uh, And what happens is I end up with a pile of photos that didn't make it into that zine. And, Tim, like you said, all of a sudden it starts sparking ideas for my next zine, right? Oh, I start, yeah, for I start sure. walking away from, from, from this zine with the whole concept of, of where I could go with the next one, or at least where I could go with building a, a further body that might fit these particular images or anything like that. So I, I find that at least for me asking questions or asking what questions I'm uh, trying to deliver to the viewer. Uh, yeah. oftentimes helps me to make the difficult decisions of cutting out some of my yeah. favorite photos for the sake of I, a project. I was just going to ask, like, how many, I was. I think I asked you this, Timothy, how many photos is, like, too many? Like, or how many pages? Or is, do you limit yourself, you know, create until you're satisfied? Or do you say, no, I'm 20 pages, 15 photos, 
or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. I guess I would say for me, at least it's however many it takes to tell the story or answer the question that I'm asking. I don't limit myself to how many pages I'm going to have. I fully believe that there'll probably be a couple of zines that I put out that might have just four or five pages. Yeah. And there might cool. be some that people will start to question why I didn't make a full on book. Right. Because I put so many pages in, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, I go until, until, I feel like the story's told extremely well and as yeah. best as I can. No more, no less is kind of my, my thought process on it. Yeah, because I, I started with, I think, 20 sides or whatever. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, you could add more. <laughs> so I just kind of kept like <laughs> adding to it just because I was like, I'm not, it's not there yet. I feel like, like, you know, Timothy said telling the story. I was like, just a few more. I'm glad that like, you know, you're to not limit yourself to say, okay, this is where, this is what I'm going to do and that's it. And like have to pull things out that you wouldn't necessarily want to let go of and still, you know, being able to say, I'm going to just just a couple more pages. This is fine. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all up to you. I really don't think it's like there's a, a set limit to these things. Because I'm so, you're so new to it. I was just like, I don't know if this is too many or not enough. Or That's yeah. the beautiful thing about zines is like there yeah. is no rules in, in like... It, it's, nobody, nobody was really talking about how to make them for the longest time. And it really yeah. kind of led to so many different styles and so many different lengths of, of, you know, how many pages or spreads or even layouts and different things like that. So yeah, there is so many different layouts. I mean, that, that's another thing that kind of intimidated me. I was like, okay, I yeah. got all the pictures posted up. And now I know which ones I think I want to go with, but like, how am I going to display them? Like what I was like, do I have to make this in Photoshop? I started this scene with the program that you suggested, Timothy Blurb. Is that right? Blurb? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blurb. Yeah. So they thankfully had, you know, a bunch of different layouts built in. So that was kind of great. Nick, do you create your own layouts? Yeah. So for me, uh, I just create my own layouts. I, I use Photoshop. I come from a gra- graphic design background and I just like having as much of the, you know, creative control as possible. I know a lot of people out there are probably cringing that I use Photoshop, but <laughs> it's just one of those, it's the program that I know like the back of my hand. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to go through learning, you know, another program. So I, I probably will soon with how many zines I have in mind and with how many zines I want to put out. But as of right now, it's all, I build my own grids and I lay everything out, especially because uh, a majority of the time my layouts are pretty uh, graphic in nature and I want images to be positioned on the page in a way that plays off the following page or the previous page. Right. Yeah, that's that's uh, important. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, at least right now, I find that that Photoshop is kind of my tool of choice and uh, I have it down to a system that works pretty fast and well for me. It's pretty funny, though. I mean, you you have to use what works for you. You know, like if I'm if I'm not using blurb, like there's this really, really cheap, bad program called Mm -hmm. open office. It's basically Mm -hmm. like a free office program. And it's got all these templates and layouts and stuff like that. And I always use their booklet layout. It's just like basically an eight and a half by 11 sheet folded in half layout, but it lays it out perfect. Like if I'm just doing a Kinko's or Staples or Office Max black and white zine, I'll just, I'll just use that because it's real quick and, you know, I can put it on an SD card or a USB stick and then give it right to them and they'll whip it right up for me. So, I mean, you just got to use, if Photoshop works for you, you use Photoshop, you know? And Chris, I think since you used Blur, like this is your first go at it like i think it's good that you use blurb because that's such an easy thing to do like it's such an easy layout you know like Mm -hmm. yeah like you said you just click a button and you add more pages or you position there's a button and it positions the picture where you want it so it's it's good for your first time so nick what kind of lab do you send your stuff to get printed and do you have like specific you know glossy or matte or like different types of paper that you sure. use yeah so I go through uh, it's called Perigo printing here in, in Grand Rapids Michigan uh, that's at least who I, I got the last zine printed through and I'm going through a different one for this next one because it's got to be die cut and there's gonna be rounded corners on it it's gonna look oh, like man. A, Ooh, that's gonna uh, be pretty yeah, it's, it's gonna look like you're I getting think fancy I have, yeah 
I think I have one around <laughs> here. I'm looking at my desk right now, but it's going to look like a, a field notes oh, cool. you know, no pocketbook. It, the, Dude, that just is to, awesome. Because we're kind of going there right now, I'll, I'll just share. The whole project is based on how my iPhone has really become my pocket sketchbook, right? Yeah. It's yeah, where I take all my mm-hmm. notes. It's where I take all my you know sketches of light. And so it's going to be all based around that idea. And it's going to look like a pocket notebook. That's great. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that one. I was doing some brainstorming last night and some dreaming of what it could look like and uh, I'm getting very close to putting in the final touches for initial prints but unfortunately Perigo because I loved working with them the last time they couldn't do my die cut and they couldn't do the format that I wanted but I did find another print shop here in town personally I like supporting uh, local print shops as much as possible I mean if you just think about it in the the form of analog these these brick and mortar places they just they need people like us to really keep them in business it's true. and to, to keep yeah, them I going agree. so I just love partnering with local businesses in that way and really kind of feeding back into the local economy yeah that's that's why I I like to go to my local lab as much as I can sure uh, and then to answer your question too uh, about the papers. So the last one I knew that I wanted a satin paper, but I do have them print on a various forms of paper and I kind of make my decision from there. So when I get my initial test prints, I get typically two, three, four different test prints back and I choose the weight of the paper, the type of the paper, and uh, I'm extremely picky on that aspect as well. So It's good that you use somebody local because you can go and touch it and feel it and, and see what it's like before you order and spend you oh, know, exactly. the money. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried about ordering. I, I don't know if I want to maybe order one just to see how it is before I order a bunch. I haven't touched or felt their paper, so I don't know what, what it's going to be like. So that's a really good point to use like Another reason to support your local lab is you get to go and nerd out for a bit with them, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. And like the last zine that I did too, this is just an, a testament to, to who Perigo here in town is, but this is also just really what a local lab will do for you. They had changed out the, the printer ribbons on their, their printer for this last print. And for whatever reason, I was getting giant magenta streaks through uh because it, it's all black and white so when you have magenta yeah. in there it like just you could definitely out. notice it yeah, yeah it's like this yeah. giant ribbon of color and uh they were so quick to reprint it they didn't charge me at all they had it reprinted within like three or four days which wow. was great because here i am communicating to all my pre-order people of you know hey there was a delay in the orders and uh, they're just so wonderful to work with so it's another reason why going local is really the way to go that's awesome. How many zines have you done in total, Nick? Uh, or have so you lost count? <laughs> officially launched. No, no, no. Officially <laughs> launched is the last one. And then I'm working on two that I'm in the middle of right now. And then three that are very top of mind and uh, are on my screen at least. Uh, That's to great. Start. So by spring of next year, yeah, there's going to be quite a few. That's awesome. <laughs> I have a feeling this one won't be my last because I've, I've had a lot of fun during this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've opened the gateway now. Yeah. Now it's just... How creative you can get with it. (laughs) You know, it's. I hope that this doesn't come off as arrogant, but it's legitimately the place that I'm operating from is I'm constantly challenging myself of what is a zine um, because I've seen so many zines from so many people. I mean, I have people that send in their zines on a weekly basis, and I, I, I love seeing this, but I also... I've noticed that the, at least zine industry, if we could say it that way, has really fallen into a specific kind of rhythm with things, which is a beautiful rhythm, but I really want to start challenging those things. So uh, I'm actually looking outside of zine and outside of photo books to uh, get inspiration for some of my upcoming zines. So I have some pretty wild ideas that oh, I got. I can't I'm wait. extremely, extremely yeah. excited. <laughs> And I constantly want to be challenging the idea of what is a zine and uh, <laughs> and just kind of throw that out there. Because I, I, I just hope that my creative thought process and my stepping outside of the norm will help some other people to do so as well. So I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't come off as arrogant. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. I think for me, this isn't like inspired me to like keep shooting. You know, like we talked about, like, especially like shooting with your iPhone, like stuff just gets lost or we like, you know, get our scans back and then they just kind of sit on our computer. I haven't really printed work in a while. So this is like for me, you know, like I said, started off tangible and I can't wait to like have a tangible thing to hold once I'm done just Mm -hmm. to like, like part of the reason why I love photography is obviously creating and like I just can't wait to like 
have that in my hand and say, this is, I did this, I made this, this is my art. And to <laughs> keep like moving forward and to keep shooting like, what's the next one going to be? What can I do next time? So this is like you said, sure. Timothy, this has opened up the window, <laughs> the, the floodgates yeah. for me, I feel like. It's endless. I have, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Nick. It's, it's I have two projects that I'm just kind of waiting to cap and, you know, really start the layout and all that stuff. And like I said earlier, you know, working on those two, I, man, I, there's like 50 more things that I want to do on top of that. So it's just, it's just a snowball, you know, it just yeah. keeps, keeps getting bigger and bigger and then talking about it and, and working with people too. I used to do, I think it was like three or four years ago, I was putting together, it wasn't all photography related, but it was like, I would, I would do photography. I, I would have another photographer, kind of just like a group zine, like a feature zine. And that was a lot of fun too. And I kind of want to get back on that just with, you know, have Nick bring a picture in or a set, you know, Chris, you do a couple photos for it. And then yeah. this, you know, it, it's, it would just be really neat. I would love, especially with this podcast, maybe with say our listener challenges to do a quarterly zine. I with would that love stuff. to do or, that. You know, something, awesome. cause there's, there's so much, I, I, I just feel bad because a lot of people, like we always talk about the images, images just sit on your computer yeah. and do nothing. Like, it's it's such a bummer, and then it's got that quick life. You post it to Instagram or Flickr, and it just it gets its its little hearts and likes and thumbs up, and then it kind of just goes along to the side. And it's yeah, I I do not try and work so hard at this for it to just kind of be at the bottom of my Feed. you know my little yeah. scroll on yeah, my Insta. Yeah. You know, like it's I really want to keep even if it's just for me. Like even if I'm just sure. printing one off books, like just so I can pass that along. Like, it's kind of like my legacy. Not that I'm, you know, some epic whatever. <laughs> it's just kind of like, this is what I did during my life. Like, right. I want it mm -hmm. to move on. Like, I want it to be like, oh, Grandpa, he was awesome. He used to blah, blah, you know, like <laughs> some, something crazy. But nice. I did have I did have one question, zine-related, for both of you, what what you think. What do you, what do you guys think on, okay, say you do a, a short-run zine. Say you do, like, a 25-run zine. Mm -hmm. Now... Are you, how do you feel about like reusing photos for other projects? Is that like a, cause I, I have a couple pictures from an old project that I did and mm -hmm. you know, the project didn't really do much, you know, it wasn't like I sold a million copies, you sure. know, it's a handful of people seen them. So it's like, but I still feel this like guilt, like, like I'm fooling somebody by using another, the same picture again. Like what, should I not feel that way? Should I feel that way? Like what? <laughs> sure. I was actually, honestly, I was just journaling about this the other day. And yeah. uh, honestly, again, it goes back to the whole idea of, for me, the, the story of the zine is always the most important element. Yeah. Uh, and it's always the thing that wins in the end, right? It's always the thing mm -hmm. that depicts what I'm going to uh, pull into the zine. And I fully feel, at least for me, if one photo from from another zine works well in another, like, go for it, man. Like, yeah. there's, there's no yeah. stopping you. I, it, I mean, to talk about guys like Ralph Gibson, uh, I look through Ralph Gibson's books and... There's a bunch of crossovers from some of his books to other books, and uh, it doesn't seem like he cares at all. And I yeah. don't think anybody's—I don't think anybody's knocking on his door asking him why he tried to pass off one photo as one book and one photo in another. You know, like it's—yeah—it just doesn't happen. So I say, go for it, dude. I—I I don't know why I get so caught up on that, but I there's just a couple, like a little series of photos that I had already put out, like in its own thing, and I—I I just always worry, like, am I, am I? not not like being a fraud but am i just mm -hmm. letting it be too easy you know like should i go out and like actually do something new for this or like <laughs> but it, I, I feel i feel like it works you know so i want to sure. reuse it and it's not like it's my best photo ever or something where i just need to keep throwing it in there to to show off my skill it's nothing like that it's just like i i just feel like i don't know I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I actually was, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about like, so the last scene was all based on Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. It was the, my kind of town. And I have a bunch of Chicago work now to build the second part of the zine. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I had honestly thought about going back and just taking like one or two of the photos from the first one and putting it into the second one just for fun. <laughs> 
Just yeah. as like, <laughs> oh, I love that. I just love it. to see like if anybody would one notice and then two if they would say anything. <laughs> uh, just as kind of a social experiment within a project of itself. So I don't know. This is just kind of my yeah. thoughts the other day. But Chris, I'd love to hear what you're thinking on this. Um, I I probably would feel the same way as Timothy does. Like I can't. It's already been in this. I can't do it. But then I'd probably just take your advice and be like, no, it's okay. Like it's all right. Don't get caught up. If it sure. works in this book, put it in the new book. Yeah. I... The, the thing that <laughs> like happens, at least when you start thinking in series, right? Like the whole pr- idea of stepping forward in series. I just absolutely love this idea. And it, it causes me to shoot so many different things at once. And oftentimes there is crossover in series. There is crossover to yeah. where, um, you know, I have... I, I have a Chicago series now running, right? But just because that Chicago series may have, you know, pulled in some different bird shots or anything like that, if I do a book solely on bird shots, right, birds in flight or birds in composition, mm-hmm. uh, I don't feel like it should be a bad thing to pull one of those photos over and have it cross-platform over to a, a different project. So uh, I don't know. I just... I think it's one of those things that we kind of cast onto ourselves, but no one really ever set right, that expectation exactly. <laughs> for you. It's just something that we kind of, yeah. I don't know what took me there, but I just felt like, because <laughs> I, I'm really trying to, I have, I have one project that I've been working on for probably, I don't know, about four years. And I feel like it's there. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's just a couple things I want to like cherry pick from some of my archive stuff from back in the day that I don't really, you know, do anything with. There was just a couple shots that fill in there. And I know off the top of my head, there was like one or two of them that really, really worked for this idea. And, and like I said before, I don't know why I'm stressing so much. Like I, you know, I, I barely sold any of the books, you know, like I, I I gave a ton of them away. So it's not like anything like that. I just feel like I, especially now with YouTube and this, this, uh, this platform, the podcast and stuff, like I reach more people now. So I just don't want to like feel like I'm, I don't know, just trying to re-push something that's old and need, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like my old, my book is kind of done and I need to move past that. So I try not to like buy my book, you know, like buy this old book. Like that, <laughs> You can get it on blurb. Like now I just, that that's done. I, I have a nice hardcover copy of it. It's done. That project's done. But there's still two pictures sitting in there that need to be seen with this other project. So <laughs> it was just going on. But uh, I had one other question, too. With using, using like, the hometown print company, um, what, how, how is the pricing on that? Like, you going through, like, a, like a local shop like that, is it – and how many, how many issues did you get of – your mm-hmm. your Chicago CD like an or CD yeah, yeah. your your Chicago zine <laughs> my mixtape <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no I I got a hundred copies and they broke down to 100. about uh, I think it was three twenty five a copy uh, oh, that's not bad is, at all okay. no it's it's seriously pennies on the dollar when you yeah when, yeah I mean at I think at the end of it with all shipping supplies and everything I think I was about six fifty to seven dollars into each of the copies so. There's again. That's just another reason because I, I think with Blurb you're at you're at probably eleven dollars a copy, if I remember right. And I might be wrong. Depends on the if you use. Okay, so I I do trade books. I do the smallest one, the six by whatever it is, six by nine or something like that. I okay. think is what it is. Sure. And then um, I did a couple. I did fifteen with premium paper and color, and those were those were around eleven or twelve bucks or something like that mm-hmm. a piece. And then. Just the all black and white ones with like the lowest grade paper they had were like around five or six bucks or something like that. So, and those were, I sold the first 15 as a limited with a print to fund the hundred that I printed black and white, you know, Hmm. and it was just kind of, yeah, blurb can really, I mean, you, you go anything out of the basic box with them, you're paying a premium. I mean, 11, 12. I mean, some of their photo books, like if you're going like photo, photo book, really nice paper, glossy, hardcover, you're paying like a hundred and some dollars per book. Oh, absolutely. I priced out, I priced out one for myself. I wanted to do like an archive book for myself of really nice prints and it was so expensive. I was like, no, no, this is not happening. But yeah, yeah, I I was real curious about like the home, the home printer because, or the hometown printer, I should say, because. I have one right down the street. Not that they're the same pricing, but it would just be good for the listeners too. Cause sure. I know for me, like, 
it, it's hard to budget something like a zine and hearing that it's affordable is a really good thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It. And when you buy it in bulk, I mean, buying in bulk, you always get a, a price cut on things. So my, oh, yeah. my biggest suggestion would be if anybody, you know, even hears that, cause even 325 at a hundred copies, you're, you're $325 mm -hmm. into it, you know? Right. Yeah. But one of the best things that you could do is just do some pre-orders and really have it offset that initial cost, um, offer some sort of incentive, either, you know, a discounted price for the zine or offer some sort of additional goodie, uh, yeah. maybe a second zine. I don't, you know, whatever it is, you just get those initial pre-orders in and it helps you to just make those, that initial order to, uh, make your money back in the long run. So, um, it's really, really approachable. I mean, $325 for a hundred books isn't much at all. No. I mean, even, even doing like Staples or Office Max, you know, their color, if you do something with color, it gets very expensive because those, those zines I was talking about where I'd feature other artists and stuff, they would get sure. real pricey. It would be around 10 bucks a book, like almost 10 bucks a book to do that. And that's just like 10 sheets of paper, color printing stapled, you know, and sure. If you collate and staple everything yourself, usually it's a lot cheaper because, you know, anytime you because, I mean, you can make a, you can make a black and white Xerox scene very, very cheap. It, it, it really all depends on, like, what you want it to look like, like if you want it to be more of a book type zine because that's kind of where zines like you said earlier there's like a kind of a format of what zines are looking like now mm -hmm. it's not so much your just stapled paper like especially sure. photo zines it's they've they're all kind of got that like shiny cover shiny-ish yeah. satiny looking paper and stuff like that like they all kind of have a like they're this style these days that i that i've picked up on especially the ones that i've gotten recently in the last couple of years they've all kind of looked same ish sure. not like same work but the same style absolutely I, I was just yeah. thinking about it too. I, I should throw it out there just so then people have kind of a, a reference for if they are approaching some of their local print shops. My last zine was 36 pages. Yeah, 36 spreads, sorry. And uh, the cover stock was a very, very solid, like, I think it was an 80 weight or maybe even a 100 weight cover. And then the inner pages were, were 30. It was all full bleed. And uh, it was very, very nice quality. So, again, it, it just goes back to uh, when working with those small shops, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Our guest Dylan uh, sent both Timothy and I a copy of his book. I don't even know if you would call that a zine, Timothy. And it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And it's so – the paper is so nice. And it's like a matte finish on there. And it just is, is wonderful. So, it's like – I guess like a, a style thing too, like you were talking about like – what it what is a book versus a zine and stuff like that one other question nick do you limit your runs like do you say i'm going to do 100 and that's it i have so far so the last one was 100 uh, i almost wish that i would have done a much larger run so the Me too, sold I don't out have within one. <laughs> oh no <laughs> the 100 sold out within 2 months very quick very very quick uh which i'm excited and enthusiastic wonderful. about but yeah at the same time, it's it's one of those projects where I wish I could still be selling it. So I think limiting runs is a good way to emphasize, you know, immediacy and urgency yeah. in purchasing. Um, but at the same time, realize when you do limit your runs, you're also going to be limited to your runs. Right. And uh, sometimes that hurts at the end. I, I wish yeah. I could still be selling it. So I'll probably do a second edition at some point. But Yeah, I was going to ask, you think you'll do like a reissue or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I, I'll definitely do it with that one. Maybe after the second My Kind of Town comes out, it won't be the same quality and same uh, even layout. or It will be the same layout, but probably not the same size format. It'll probably be a little bit smaller. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool idea. Just to where, Make them different. Yeah, it, It'll definitely be a second edition. It'll be distinct right. from the first edition. But yeah, see, I, I like that because I when I'm doing prints and stuff like that, I always like to do if they're prints for sale. You know, if I'm not just doing it for myself, I'll usually do three to five of them on one certain stock of paper, and then not you know try not to do that ever again on that stock mm -hmm. or use a different stock because you want especially if people are paying for something. You know, sure. you kind of want them to have something special right. and. 
I really like doing that with, I have three different stocks of print paper that I like to use. And if I can, I'll only limit myself, which I mean, I can, I don't know why I keep saying if I can, sure. like I just <laughs> limit myself to three, three, three to five different prints on a, you know, until, until they're gone. And then, and sure. I, I always like to take those with too, cause I, I do a lot of art crawls here in town. Like it's, mm. it's real, it's a real easy circuit to get on in my town. Like you just get on a list and they put you in a shop. That's kind of awesome. Thing. Sure. And yeah, it's, it's a big, it's a big art community down here. It's, it's pretty cool. Nice. It's a lot of the same old people in the same sure. old spots though, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I have a couple people asking for the first book that I did and I would like to do a reissue kind of maybe add a couple more take some mm. out that i didn't want in there that were just kind of filler like i i overloaded that book when i first did it i was just sure. like as many as i can get i think it's like <laughs> 90 pages or something <laughs> i would like to do a, like a second edition i just That's like awesome. limiting things it, it also like you said creates urgency and you know there's only five of these that you can get. Yeah, you, you gotta know? get it, like, gotta get it. Gotta get it. It's definitely one of those things to where, you know, talking to the people that, that didn't get one of the, or, yeah, one of the edition from the last zine that I did, I mean, there, there's definitely, like, a, a special place for people that have it, you know? People that have it yeah. kind of feel like they, they were... You know, lucky enough to get it, which is weird for me to say if, about my own, you know, <laughs> yeah, about my yeah, own yeah. book. I'm not trying to say anything apart from urgency does that. So, uh, <laughs> I do have some ideas to where I want to make some like handmade books and have mm. it like super, super limited run, maybe even like hand print, uh, in the dark room, some of these books and, uh, Ooh, and do like, like a, an edition of five or 10 and have like a leather crafted bound, cover yes. or something you know that i just do from start to finish and it takes me three months to finish all 10 of these books or something like that so oh, i love that. i don't know i, I just love that, I love that idea that's awesome i kind of did that with this with this one project i did it was called uh it was the postcard series hmm. it was but every time my parents come down they come down every year to visit and i try to make a project out of that week because it's usually like mm -hmm. one of my only weeks off of work so i try to use that as well as hanging out with them use that for like a personal project, kind of yeah. sneak something in there that I don't normally get to do. And sure. I was like, I'm going to take some like touristy looking shots and make postcards out of them and then make a zine out of that. And Ilford, Ilford's uh, like their photo paper, their darkroom paper, they make four by six postcards. Yes, I remember it's, those. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it's just their regular photo paper on the front. And then on the back, it's a postcard so with like cool. a place stamp here oh, and, the, that's awesome. and the lines. Yeah, and I I did man before I I had a show and I was like for this show I'm gonna do this limited ten run of this postcard series like it was you got all ten postcards and then all ten pictures were in the zine and man I was in the dark That's... room printing like banging those out like three nights before and it was so much fun like That's amazing. It, it was just just that whole like handmade batch yeah and I it's mean, a print. i ended up giving most of them away just because i wanted yeah i just wanted people to have them like yeah That's i just awesome. i i love that and uh, back when i used to play music and stuff too we would always do like a handmade release like we'd burn our cds and then make an album cover out of like sandwich bags or <laughs> like the brown old sandwich bags that. they make sure. the best cd sleeves ever like i just love that stuff like keeping it we'd write like a personalized note yes. in each one and you know just all kinds of funny stuff that we would do with that and that's you guys fantastic. got me inspired you need to get crazy with it chris yeah i'm, I'm like running through my head like <laughs> which print should i do for the limited print run with the zine <laughs> you've added a whole yes. new layer to this now guys <laughs> Yeah, there you go. yeah, I'm just glad we're talking about this because, like Nick said, there is just there is still not much information on this out there. Like, I still, you know, I'm looking for inspiration, and I think I've watched your Zine series, Nick, like 70 times on YouTube. Just <laughs> the, you. I'm 70 clicks on that video, <laughs> by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> nice. It, it's just you know you 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 want like inspiration and stuff like that, and there's just really not much out there, like at all. It's the same six seven videos that have been out there for six seven years like yeah. it's crazy yeah and i sure. think hopefully this inspires some of our listeners to to go at this too because this podcast is what really made me want to take the leap because we've had so many awesome guests like you and nate and dylan and timothy like everybody was doing it and i was like well i i guess it's it's not as daunting <laughs> as i think it is you know so I hope that us having this geeky conversation inspires some of our listeners to get out and print 
some books too. So get out there, guys. Sure. Man, I, I love that about this whole, especially, I mean, Nick, you know, like with YouTube, if, if you guys by chance don't know, Nick makes YouTube videos. He's a content creator on film photography and stuff like that. And just the amount of people that I get messages every once in a while. There's, there's a couple people that I'm in contact with through my my youtube channel and they're always telling me stuff that they're doing because of things that i've done and there Mm -hmm. is just like nothing more rewarding than hearing somebody say that like i have one of my buddies javi he 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 started making youtube videos now oh no way it's like i inspired him that just blows my mind like who (laughs) i never thought in a million years people would be like oh man i'm doing this because of you like that's (laughs) That's not, that's just it's nuts crazy. to think about. Yeah. It is, it is. I know, I know of at least four YouTubers that I absolutely love watching their content too. They're putting out fantastic content, but they did send that message of saying, hey, you know, I, I was able to take that leap because of your channel. And yeah. uh, that just blows me away. I, I just, every single time I get a, you know, a viewer or a listener or whatever, you know, letter and just hear you know, however, because I just I constantly think about this. Like I'm just Nick Mayo from from Grand Rapids, Michigan, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like no one in my hometown looks at me like the way that that people online look at me, yeah. and it's just so <laughs> funny. And I'm just sitting here going, like, man, I'm just so happy that anything that I did was of any inspiration for anyone, because yeah. I'm just yeah. here to serve. And just hearing that it's it's going out there and the content that. Uh, I'm so passionate to create and so passionate to put together is really going out there and serving its job well. Uh, it's so humbling and I just constantly get more and more humbled by, by viewer responses week after week. So I completely understand what you're saying, buddy. It's just so good too because you, there's a lot of people in the community too that don't really have the community aspect of it they mm-hmm. they they have really great content and i mean i get it some of some people just don't have time but i mean i see your name everywhere like i'm watching a video on somebody so-and-so's channel and you're there you're always like throwing <laughs> in like some positive awesome stuff all the time and like i just i mean even if i'm messaging you to ask you for something you're you're just like on it you know like you're yeah. always just like boom, here, here's what I can do to help you. This is what, and even with your YouTube videos too, like I, I'm sure I've said this to you like 50 times where I was just like, this is, I was thinking this in my mind and like the next morning I wake up and there's your video on the exact same thing <laughs> that I'm thinking nice. about. Like it, it's, it's nuts. Like I feel like, you're reading his like mind. Like when you started making YouTube, <laughs> you started making these YouTube videos and, and my mind just like tuned into that wave. So it was yeah. just kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's That's wild. Awesome. I, I love. That's so awesome. Especially like, like all the stuff you do, you know, your whole two minute Tuesday thing with like the Instagram live. You're, sure. I love, I love the community aspect and all the stuff you do with that. Like that is. Yeah. It's one of those things where if, if the community wasn't there and I, I've said this on some of my videos, like if the community wasn't there, I wouldn't be doing it because I'm yeah, not right. I'm not doing it to become Instagram or YouTube famous like that's yeah, not my end sure. goal my end goal is to put out content and have engaging conversations that help people hit the point in their craft and in their photography and in their artistic career or artistic expression that they're trying to hit I just the fact that I get to partner with people and the fact that I get to play any small role or any role at all in people's uh, creative walk is is everything for me. So, yeah. yeah, no, if it wasn't for the community, this thing wouldn't have happened and it wouldn't still be happening. I, I just absolutely love the community that I get to serve. I love the community that I get to, to chat with. Like you said, those two-minute Tuesdays, I look forward to every yeah. Tuesday afternoon oh, where yeah. I get to do the live stream. Like, it's every week. I I look forward to it. And then hearing that there's others that look forward to jumping on the live, like, it just blows me away. And it's, oh, it's amazing. I, I don't know. It I is. don't even know how to <laughs> comprehend it. I don't know how to like have it all set in, but I'm just <laughs> truly grateful for, for just everyone in the community and in what we're doing together. So us too, especially we're like in the process of building this podcast and getting a listener and fan base and just the people that mm-hmm. we've come across thus far have been wonderful. Just the feedback yeah. we've been getting and everybody's like, even I mentioned this before, even on our Flickr group, people are having like discussions amongst themselves discussions. about yep. like, Where, mm-hmm. where's everybody from? Like, oh, this is, you know, and I just love that. So much. it makes me so happy to be like, create a place for, you know, people to come together and talk about what we love and 
It's just, it's the same. I think it's great. Happy to do it. For sure. <laughs> Heck yeah. It, it's the community that really makes these things thrive, right? Like it's the, yeah. the community that's the success of this podcast. It's the community that's the success of, you know, the YouTube channels that we have and anything like that. And the moment that we lose track of that, the moment that we lose track of, it's because of their engagement. It's because of, you know, their consistency. It's because of their buying into the thing that we're presenting out there that there's any success at all. I, I, I don't know. We owe it all to them you know <laughs> like, yeah it, it, it's for real yeah and i think real. like this trend is starting to we, we're seeing it with like film companies companies noticing that we're still here and like sure. reissuing film and rebranding film absolutely. and just it's an exciting time to be a part of this community for sure i feel like every oh, time absolutely. i look at my feed something else somebody else is announcing something that's coming back or yeah, for real. you know and it's like yes 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 because years ago it was like oh another film has been discontinued great I didn't get a chance to shoot that one yet. You know, like now it's like flipping right. and I think it's super exciting. Sure. I feel like for a long time, there's a thought process of the golden years of film photography were behind mm. us, but I think uh -huh. we're actually coming up into the golden years. I mean, the, I the, agree. I agree. the technologies that we have now and the, the availabilities that we have now of equipment and smaller equipment. I mean, the machines that were used to produce this stuff back in the day was just crazy. And a lot of the companies are still using a lot of those machines. But now I think of companies like Kodak that are, are incorporating a lot of film aspect into their new DSLRs of scanning and all these different ideas of yep. like we're, we're, I think, truly becoming or coming into the, the golden years of film photography. I think the best is yet to come. I can't uh, wait. Even though. You know, I don't, I doubt that Kodachrome will ever come back or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm excited to see what is to come and uh, yeah. the oh, new yeah. advancements. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even think of it that way just because yeah. like the way you just, you put like a whole positive spin on that <laughs> because when I, when I came into this thing, you know, when I got back in, I should say when I got back into film photography, it was in that like downward spiral yeah. where, you know, it's like, oh man. In my day, it was, well, you know, everybody was like a, a tough guy about it and mad. And sure. like now it's like it did a full like flip. Absolutely. And, you know, now we have Polaroid. And now, yes. you know, yes. uh, Japan Camera Hunters putting out yes. films. We have Cine still doing stuff. We have, you know, Ektachrome coming back. Yeah, Film Ferrania. Like, it's Absolutely. just wild. And Yashika and coming knows? out and announcing yeah. different things. Yeah. And, you know, like... Who knows what's in store? Jeez. <laughs> it's incredible. It really is. I'm excited, at least. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Hey, Nick, do you mind giving our listeners kind of a brief background on how you got started with photography in general and then, like, doing your YouTube sure. videos as well, too? Yeah, so I've been doing YouTube since, I think, March... Uh, it's been about six months now. So, um, awesome. my background in photography, I've always been creative and I've always gone through kind of these different creative expressions. So for a while I was designing websites, uh, which transitioned over to graphic design, which, uh, naturally transitioned over to photography as I was doing more and more photos for clients for their graphic design and websites. And then from photography really just fell in love with film. Uh, noticed that there was a lot of buzz about all these presets, you know, of uh -huh. film presets. That's about <laughs> yep. four or five years ago, six years ago. I don't know. And I was like, you know, instead of trying to add layer after layer after layer, trying to recreate something that I'm not even familiar with, why not just go out there and, and kind of experience what it is that that film has to offer and, and it really just gripped my heart so with the youtube channel like this is a this has been a long time dream of mine i've probably been dreaming about starting a youtube channel for the last three or four years yeah me too but <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's really one of those things that you just have to step into and last year yeah. i was actually just telling the story earlier this week but last year um i i recorded probably four or five different episodes of very vloggy type stuff, kind of inspired by Casey Neistat and, yep. and everything like that. But just realized that that wasn't going to be a, a sustainable driving force and uh, wasn't my voice. And this year, I, I feel like I've really found my voice and really just started. I guess the thing that I was kind of filtering through in the past was the things that I wanted to talk about weren't being talked about. So I thought that there wasn't place for them. But uh -huh. when I realized and, and just stepped into the idea of, you know what, I'm just going to talk about them anyways and see if this thing actually takes off. Uh, and then it started getting legs and taking off. 
uh, I realized that it was just that nobody, not nobody. I mean, there's definitely people that are talking about some of the things that I'm talking about. Ted Forbes definitely dives into the art of photography, obviously. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like going about things in a little bit of a different way. And I like offering a little bit more questions than answers. And, uh, and it's been extremely well received. So it's been a, a fun six months. It's also been an overwhelming six months. I don't Not necessarily sure. know that, <laughs> that I can grasp the idea that I'm a, a YouTuber officially now. Um, this whole yeah, idea right? that I put out videos every week and that mm-hmm. it's part of my life now and part of my schedule. Like this is a whole <laughs> new thing for me. And it just, it continues to, I don't know, throw me off. And my yeah. mom is just so excited. My, and my dad's yeah. so excited and they don't know what to do. <laughs> so man, I just, I love that. I love that you said, uh, earlier that. You know, people in your hometown don't, they don't pick up on like what you're doing that you, you know, you're a YouTuber and stuff like that. Sure. Like I, I go to work with people every day, like the people I work with and I like talk about this podcast and I talk about my YouTube and they're just like, oh man, you have a podcast? <laughs> like what? Like, oh my God, I thought you were just this guy that works at a restaurant. And it's sure. like, man, there's a whole world out there, man, that like you guys have no idea. Yeah. But it's it's good that we have those people though. They keep us humble, yeah. you know? Oh, if sure, everyone yeah, if everyone yeah. treated us like a celebrity, man, things would go to our heads so quick. <laughs> I had one of one of my employees, he's an older guy. He's he he works there. He's a server at the restaurant I work at. And he was so excited to tell me the other day that on his YouTube feed he saw one of my videos. He was just like because I made it, I mean, I usually make people subscribe to me at work. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I nice. make YouTube videos. Like when you get a chance, look at them. You know what I mean? Sure. So here, I'll, I'll find it for you and you can subscribe if you want, whatever. And nice. he's like, oh man, he's like, your face came up on my YouTube feed. He's like, you made it. <laughs> like he had no idea. Like, what? <laughs> he's so like, funny. you're, you're famous now. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so really cute. Cool yeah. My it mom, was, it was great. My mom tells everyone that I have a TV show. Like she's like, oh, oh yeah. Nick's doing his TV show, and I'm like, Mom, it's not on TV, and it's not, I don't think it's as big as you think it is, but yeah. <laughs> thanks. Like, it makes Aww. me feel cool for a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so, so funny. Cute. So good. Our listeners, they, they always want us to ask our guests what their favorite camera is, and it's definitely a very hard thing to answer. I'm sure you have more than one favorite camera. If you can narrow it down, what what do you think it would be? Actually, that's extremely easy for me to answer. It's my Leica M2, 50 millimeter Sumicron. Yeah. <laughs> it's like legitimately the only thing that I want to shoot. I guess a close second, not even a close second. It's it's not a close second. But my <laughs> second favorite would be my iPhone. I just I love that little combo right there. I have my iPhone in my pocket, my my Leica around my neck, and that's how I approach every single day in my life. That's awesome. So, no, that's a that's an easy one for me to to approach. That was a, the quickest anybody's ever answered that question so far. <laughs> it, it was an intentional thing for for me for a while of of really honing down and going. I want to find. Uh, I wrote a blog post a while back called "The Search for Lucille," and it was all about the idea that BB King, for his entire career, had Lucille. Right? It's his guitar yeah, that guitar. he just had this long run relationship with. And I was like, I want to find my Lucille. Who's, I love like, that what is so my Lucille? much. And uh, at the end of that blog post, I did not have a, a Leica at the time, but I wrote, I'm going to sell off all my equipment and I'm not going to buy another camera unless I buy a Leica. And like the very next day, I went and bought a Leica just because that last <laughs> little like sentence just ingrained yep. into me. I was like, yep. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it truly became my my Lucille, at least at, at this moment. So Awesome. Cool. Love that. All right, guys, so this is a part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from John Baez. And he said, there seems to be continuous articles and videos about pushing film, but I can't find anything about developing it. How do I calculate the development times per stop? So, Nick, do you want to start off with answering that? You develop a lot of film at home. Yeah, and I also push a lot of film. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you do. With one of the easiest ways is to look up the massive developing chart. Um, yeah. And they do a fantastic job at, at really just cataloging so many different developer and film combos. And they'll oftentimes at least have uh, most of the, the standard films that you would push yeah. within like two stops of being pushed. So second thing I would say is if you if you can't find the developing times or if it's an obscure film or anything like that or they just don't have the times for being pushed general rule of thumb is 
33% for every stop pushed. So you, you multiply your developing time by 33% for every stop that you push. And, uh, and I've tested that on a, a lot of different instances and every single time it's always come back with fantastic results. So I could say, at least from my experience, that that rule of thumb is pretty true. Man, that's good. I'm glad that you answered that because I never heard that 33% before. So that nice. I'll have to write that down. Yeah, I actually got that from Dan Crosley, if you guys are familiar with him. Dan Crosley oh, yeah, photo yeah. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's the, the genius, at least, behind sharing that with me. <laughs> well, for me, like you said, the mass develop, what is it, mass development? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's is called a massive called? developing chart. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's also an app, too. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I oh, know cool. John personally. Oh, nice. He does not have a smartphone. I think they're in the, the brink of getting into the smartphone realm. Okay. So there there is a a, a website for it, there though. Is. Like, I, I've personally gone to the website and used it. And I still use that all the time. Like, I have a lot of my stuff noted like all my development times i always keep like a log notebook with Mm -hmm. me when i develop stuff especially if i'm doing something different than normal i like to match it to what my you know what my results are with what they suggest because sometimes i've read a lot of things about that website where they're like oh well you're not supposed to develop it for 10 minutes it's actually 18 minutes (laughs) you know that some of the times are off and usually if i find a dispute in their times i'll shoot for the middle of what they sure. say and the other person says developing film is chemistry and mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't have to be exact temperatures and exact this and exact that all the time like there's there's definitely a give and take with it you know sure. obviously the longer that you leave it in the developer the more exposed it's going to be right. and the less time is the you know the le- it's just kind of common knowledge on that but sure. i don't know yeah definitely check out that chart We'll leave a link in the show notes. We should definitely do that. We should leave a link in the show notes for that. Or, John, I can actually just text it to you. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Nice. Cool. Cool. Chris, any any thoughts on that? Or are you, nope. are you pleading the fifth I'm pleading for the that fifth. one? <laughs> <laughs> it's outside of my expertise. Yes. We need to get you on that, man. I, I think know. that's, that's going to be my Christmas present for you. I'm going to send you like a... A home developing kit or something. Nice. There and then go. I'll bl- buy a plane ticket and fly to Nashville and we can do it together. Cause <laughs> yeah. Learn how. Yes. Yeah. Refresh. Refresh. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. Great question, John. Yeah. Thanks, John. I think you actually asked that through our Podbean. So that is also another place you can ask questions. Mm. Yeah. All right. So this week's photo challenge, we asked Nick before we started the show what he thought it should be. And we all decided on your favorite pushed photograph so you know i shoot pushed my black and white film pushed to 1600 all the time i know nick pushes it to 1600 all the time chris i'm sure doesn't push it to 1600 (laughs) all the time but post your favorite pushed photograph so push it one stop push it two stops push it to as far as you can go like push something that's like off the off the charts we just want to see it so you can post that on our Flickr. So, Nick, where can everybody uh, check you out? Instagram, YouTube, Nick Exposed. Uh, you could also find me over at uh, Two Stops Apparel on Instagram. And then twostopsapparel.com yes. is my film photography apparel site. And uh, I post on those. Uh, and those are the big ones. YouTube and, and Instagram are, are really my biggest platforms that I'm, I'm very active on. Awesome. What about you, Tim? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. Um, I also make YouTube videos. I told you guys last week that I've been giving you the wrong address the whole time for my YouTube, and I still haven't fixed it. So you can just go to the search bar and search Timothy Ditzler, D-I-T-Z-L-E-R, or Timothy.Makeups. Both will take you to my photography stuff. I just need to fix the link. It's it's way too long right now, and I need to just cut that down. But I also do a Monday through Friday podcast called We Believe in Film, and that's on Anchor FM, which you can also find that on iTunes and Google Play. And I believe, I believe that's it. Chris, how about you? Cool. So I'm on almost everything is crispy photo, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, you can check out our podcast on our website, uh, analogtalkpodcast.com. We're on Twitter as analogtalkpod, and we're on Instagram at analogtalkpodcast. All right. Thanks again, Nick, for joining us. This has been an awesome conversation. I'm super excited to get back to work on my zine and hopefully make everybody proud. Nice. I'm excited to see it. And thank you guys for having me on here. It was a blast. And we'd love to have you on again sometime soon if you'd be down for that to come back. Sure.
Absolutely. Maybe after all of our zines are out, maybe we could talk about either yeah. the successes or the, the awesome. absolute failures, whichever one. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Yeah. See you next week. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.